Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Cubby's Crib podcast on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis, as usual. And tonight, we have a special guest on our show. What? It's Eric Morrow, our very own writer from Cubby's Crib. We always like to bring on guests around, especially ones that, you know, we talk to and work with every day. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. And uh, I guess I better say hi to Adam. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Yeah, just say hi to Adam over here. Just forget about oh, me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Adam's here too. Yeah. 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 Don't mind me. I guess I'll just be listening. <laughs> well, uh, today is going to be a rather interesting show. We would like to talk a lot of Cubs baseball, but frankly, there hasn't been a lot of it because of these mass postponements. A lot of games being either snowed out, rained out, or the temperature was just too low. So we've only played a few games this past week, Uh, though some of the games we will talk about, we're going to go into some detail, and I'm sure you can think of one of the games I'm referencing to. We're also going to talk a little nostalgia, uh, some Chris Bryant nostalgia here. Uh, There's a good reason for it. Uh, We're also going to talk about some varying opinions about the weather that has been plaguing MLB so poorly, and lots more. So stick around for a good show. All right, boys, let's dive into it. Uh, We had a homestand. The teams that we faced were the Pirates, then the Braves, then the Cardinals. Unfortunately, like I said, a lot of those games were postponed due to weather. We only played two games instead of three against the Braves, only one against the Cardinals. The finale is going to be tomorrow. Uh, We did get all the Pirates games in, but the home opener was indeed... Um, move the day. So uh, before we kind of move into the big stuff, the home opener, it was a loss, but kind of give me your overall thoughts on the home opener day. Did it, does it still feel special to you? Um, Eric, let's start with you. It does. It home opener always feels spe- spe- special because it means that the season is just here again. Baseball's back and it's you know the greatest season of the year so (laughs) home opener is great like players can get players can get all their awards from the previous season and all the fans are out and everyone's just there having a good time and a and a win I would always top it off, but sometimes the ball just doesn't fly your way. So. Yeah, unfortunately, they did not win that game. Uh, it was kind of a frustrating one. They had an early lead, kind of let it slip away. Tyler Chatwood, his command looked better, but a lot of what he was throwing was getting hit. Not all of it was hard. A lot of it was just kind of bad up against, so that was kind of frustrating. Uh, Adam, did you have any thoughts on the home opener? Besides that, I'm trying to just completely forget about it. Not really. Um, I was 
kind of up and down with Tyler Chatwood. I wanted to think that he pitched better than he had been. You know, walks are his biggest issue. That's pretty plain for us all right now. Only one walk in that game, seven strikeouts, but nine hits, five earned runs. Not his best. Um, even worse, his last start with the walks. Those got to come down. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll get more into Tyler Chatwood in a little bit because we have several starts to cover with him. But overall, uh, they lost 2-3 or against the Pirates. The one game that they did have that was good was the one that they won when we were on the air last week. It was the Wednesday night in which they were down 3 nothing, and then they took the lead 4-3, and then they tied it. And then when we got off the air, it was like an explosion of runs. And one of the main people we want to talk about on this show tonight is Javier Baez because he has been killing it like no other. Baez hit two home runs in that win against the Pirates. He hit two more in that loss against the Pirates, the opening day loss. Um, just to kind of talk about Javier Baez, uh, Eric, are you impressed with the way he's played so far, uh, just in general? He, he, you know, every season I feel like it's a broken record about Baez and either – and either, like, wow, he 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 made that play, or like, but what really is impressive is the bat just keeps improving. Like when he first came up, he was lost. He would just go up there and hack it three and go sit down, and then like now he'll take, he'll work counts, he'll reach out and foul the pitch off, and just the guy keeps developing and getting better. And is is this the season he finally breaks out, you know, and just becomes like a huge star that everyone knows he can be? Yeah, you know, he's he's shown a bit more discipline at the plate. Um, Is he ever going to be a high walk rate guy? No, but we have seen better discipline. Um, Adam, what do you think about Javier Baez? What's impressed you the most? Is it the power? Is it the discipline? Is it uh, just kind of the slugging in general, whether it's doubles or extra base hits? What are you impressed with so far? As usual with Javi Baez, I'm just impressed generally with his enthusiasm and the way he plays. He's such a workhorse, and he's slugging 667 right now. If you look at his stats, the only unimpressive thing on there is batting average. And this early in the season, you know, he's one two-for-four day away from that batting average looking really good. But lots of power so far already, five home runs, 16 RBI. And, yeah, I agree with Eric. His eye is getting a little better, it seems. Yeah, it really is. We saw in that Milwaukee series kind of the beginning of his better eye so far this season – uh, like I said, he's never going to be like a huge walk guy. But if you want to see a little bit of improvement, I think that would be a huge win just because he is normally a free swinger. But, you know, he still puts up good power numbers. His batting average the last few years has been in the 270s. And for a free swinger, that's pretty good. And if you can have like an on-base percentage with that free swing, you know, around like the 320 average, I think you're going to take that. For a player like that, you are absolutely going to take that. Um, it's also funny because he could have had a, a home run, two home runs. He did hit a home run last night, but he could have had two. The wind 
absolutely killed one, and he probably could have gotten four for four, but he still had a really good night despite the loss. So, yeah, Javier Baez looks really good. Um, there wasn't really much else to talk about that Pirates series. Uh, the game finale, they really didn't hit much, uh, so that was kind of frustrating, but, you know, we'll move on from that. Then became the Braves. They came to Wrigley Field. They lost the rough one for nothing. Uh, guys, what was your thoughts on the U Darvish start? Um, Adam, we'll start with you this time. U Darvish, he pitched a few scoreless innings. The command didn't look amazing, but, you know, it, he, it got him through the first few innings, and then things kind of fell apart. Is there anything that kind of worries you about him, or do you think it was just cold weather, didn't go so well, just move on type of thing? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there a little bit. It's you got to keep in mind this is a new team for him. It might take a little while for him to build up a better kind of uh, rapport with Wilson Contreras. Um, I almost wonder if they'll bring up Jimenez at some point to be his personal catcher since they're pretty well acquainted with each other. But overall, I'm not too worried about you, Darvish. I still think it's early enough that we can't read too much into shaky outings like that. So I think he'll pick it up. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, Eric, what do you think? It's only been three starts, and he's really good early on. If there's if there's one cause for concern I have with with the, the, the Darvish going forward, it's the it's the snowball effect for him. We saw it in we saw it in we saw it in Miami. A couple of blue pits, you know, like like led to a walk and then three runs, and then against the Braves, a, a, a balk led to a wild pitch, which led to a few walks and then a long home run. But on that, but in the Braves game, it was cold, and at that point, he was already at about ninety pitches so he was probably out of energy but I'm still going to I still think he'll be key and he'll be really good but if he can avoid the the snowballing in his starts he will take them he'll take the next step yeah, I can agree with that because sometimes you'll see he gets on a roll and then one little thing will happen, you know, things kind of go downhill. Luckily, that didn't really happen in the Milwaukee start. He gave up the one hit to um, Eric Thames, the, the home run, and then he just kind of sailed right back in. But, yeah, we've seen that happen several times, so we want that to kind of be reduced. And hopefully as time goes on, that will, because we did see some pretty good breaking stuff from him in that start against Atlanta, unfortunately, things just kind of went south. Uh, this kind of gets into the game the next day, which relates to our poll question, which I'm going to lead really, uh, read really quick right now. Um, basically, what I asked was on Twitter, does the starting pitching and um, the inconsistency of it, because let's face it, it has not been the most consistent. We've seen good starts, fair starts, and bad starts from all the guys does it concern you? And pretty much the answers that I had people choose from was, nah, they'll be fine or a little, but not much. 
And yes, I'm worried. So the results were 37% said, nah, they'll be fine. 55, the majority said a little, but not much. And then 8% said, yes, I'm worried. Um, I think that a little, but not much is probably a fair assessment uh, just because there are a few factors here that you do legit worry about. Lester's age, Chatwood's command. Uh, that does worry you a little bit, but you know, maybe it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm panicking. Uh, Adam, what are your opinions on that? What would you have voted for? Yeah, I'm kind of in the uh, a little but not too much camp. I think the the BABIP is really high, and so the runs it is that they're giving up, it's going to come down a little bit. What I'm most concerned with at this point is how long the starters are going. The Cubs really need to get more innings out of their starters. The bullpen seems to be holding up pretty well still, but that's not going to be the case all year long if we can't get more than five innings for each start from these guys. Yeah, Eric, what would you have voted for? The same, uh, a little bit, not much, but um, I noticed the other day and Hendricks is starting against the Pirates that he's back down to 86, 87 again, and that was that was part of his pro- of his problem. Well, I guess it wasn't really a problem; he was still effective, but. It was part. She's back down to eighty six, eighty seven again, which kind of uh, it was a cause for concern last season, and he got hit, hit, hit around a little bit in some starts. And in twenty sixteen, he was consistently, you know, like eighty nine and eighty nine and eighty nine, and sometimes he touched ninety, and so. The changeup at 73 to 75 looks a lot different if you're throwing if you're throwing 89 to 90 instead of you know 86-87. You know, I'm really glad, Eric, that you brought up Kyle Hendricks because that was an interesting topic of conversation I had online the other day. What I was kind of saying was, is you know, he's still getting a lot of soft contact and a lot of effective outs but you're seeing a lot of home runs hit off him. And it seems like to me that he's making more mistakes over the plate. And, you know, Hendricks is obviously never going to be a velocity guy, but his velocity at times has been a little down, kind of like it was last year. And he followed through pretty okay. So that's why I'm not worried about that. But he's the kind of guy that can't afford to make those kind of mistakes. You can afford to make those mistakes if you throw 95 plus, but when you throw upper 80s, or 90, those mistakes are going to get punished more often than not. So that's what kind of makes it a little more complicated with him. He's making a few more mistakes over the plate. We've seen where he doesn't really get borderline calls, and then the next pitch he'll really try to get it over, and it gets too much plate. I'm not as worried about him, but, hey, we'll just try to work through this now. Unfortunately, it's something that, happens through guys like that that don't really rely on velocity. They rely more on movement and location. But I do do think that it's going to be okay eventually with him. I'm really glad you brought that up. And you also got – both you guys, I think, brought up uh, the batting average of balls in play. Against Cubs starting pitching, it's the fourth highest in baseball at 313, which really doesn't surprise me because 
it seems like every blooper and ground ball is finding a hole. The way I see it is, though, it's eventually going to even out. So hopefully the bad yips just kind of get over with soon because that would be really nice. Um, and against the Cubs' bullpen, the BABIP is a little different, actually. In fact, against the bullpen, it's uh, 24. So it's much lower against the bullpen. So we'll see. Hopefully that evens out sooner than later. Some of those ground balls and bloopers will turn into outs. Maybe it's defensive positioning. I don't know. Sometimes it just it happens because baseball is weird. But I'm glad you guys brought that up. So this is going to lead us into that crazy game on Saturday, a 14-10 comeback win. They were down 10-2 at one point, 10-3. got to ask both of you, uh, were you guys watching that game? Yes. Uh, full disclosure, I turned it off at like 9-1 to because I had some homework to do and I was with family that uh, that day, but I got home and I saw I saw that it was like ten to four, and, and there was a guy on third, and so I turned it on. I, I yeah, I mean, to, yeah. Oh, I'm no. sorry. Go ahead, Eric. You, you go. Well, I was just gonna say I was kind of like Adam, where I was watching it, and then the score got really bad. It was very frustrating. Quintana was making some great pitches early on the corners. He wasn't getting the call. And then the pitches started moving over the plate. The Braves were crushing it. Next thing you knew, it was like a 9-1 to deficit. So I'm like, eh, okay, this is just yuck. They may call the game anyway because of the weather. The weather was just terrible that day. Uh, so I left. I did some laundry. I saw they got a few runs on the board. So I'm like, okay, you know, score some garbage runs. Then I went off to do something else, and then all of a sudden, Baez was coming up with the bases loaded, and then it was tied, and the game was back on, and then everything just kind of went down. Nine runs in that inning, and most of it was walks. And you can't really blame much of the pitching of the Braves because, my goodness, it was so cold, so bad to pitch a baseball. I couldn't imagine gripping a baseball in that kind of weather. What was your guys' reaction when that whole thing was going down? Eric, we'll start with you. When the eighth inning was happening or the yeah. fact that they played the game in its entirety? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I was honestly like just kind of in shock. I'm, I mean, like in a good, good way. I saw Baez get the double and and I didn't really, I didn't really like jump around like I normally do. I'm just like, oh my, that well, that really happened. Huh. And then the Braves still couldn't throw a strike, and 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 I do want to say, in that game, it's a credit to the Cubs bats because a lot of the. Because in a ten in a ten to four game or whatever it was in cold weather, a lot of the a lot of the pitches that the Braves were throwing were were just easy to swing in and get the game over, and the Cubs just didn't even do that. And I think that's I, I think that takes a lot there to you know on a cold day and rain just to keep to keep going at it. 
Yeah, for sure. Adam, uh, what were you thinking? I was kind of like Eric. I was in shock, and then I was really happy after they took the lead, kind of clapping and going crazy. What about you? Yeah, what did they score, like 12 unanswered runs in that game or something? Yeah, 11 or 12. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I'll be honest, I I didn't turn the game off, but I did kind of stop paying attention for a while, and then they got my attention again in the seventh when they were really starting to uh, show me that they could actually hit the ball. But, yeah, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, Maybe Cubs fans might be mad at me for saying this, but I like Ozzie Albies a lot for the Braves. That guy is fun to watch. That team is loaded. Like, that team is absolutely loaded with young talent, and Albies is one of those guys. Yeah, the pitching's not good, but that lineup, that's got some potential. Dansby Swanson looks like he might be ready for a breakout year at last. And we've talked about this before. Freddie Freeman, one of the most underrated players in the league. Mm hmm. For sure. I have to go. So, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, go ahead. I have to go, I have to go, I have to go with Alex here. Albies is really good, but. I did. I didn't like him for two games. <laughs> now the series is going to love him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was really bringing it to the Cubs that series with the bat, with the glove, with everything. But that play he made on Kyle Schwarber's ground ball was insane. Yeah, it was. It really was. I, I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" The velo on that was like 110 or something. I think they said and. He was still able to get that. Yeah. Yeah, and when a when a play is that good, even if it's against your own team, if it's that great, you just can't help but sit back and just respect it and, and just sit in awe of it because that kind of thing is fun to watch. Yeah, it's really good for baseball, no doubt. So, yeah, that was an amazing win. Uh, it's probably going to be one we're going to be talking about for a long time. Then the finale, snowed out or – cold out, whatever you want to call it. Then the beginning of the Cardinals series, same thing. They played last night. They lost 5-3, to three, very frustrating game. Tyler Chatwood had some nasty stuff, and yet he also walked seven guys. So it was a very odd start again. Uh, what are your guys' overall thoughts on him? Because he's kind of hard to pin down. I don't really have any thoughts on Tyler Chatwood anymore, except for the fact that he needs to bring his walks down. And what I mean by that is I just don't have any expectations. I never know what to expect. I think he could pitch like he did against, what was it, the Pirates, where he only walks one batter, but he gives up nine hits. I don't know if he's ever going to get his command under control. His stuff is really nasty. He's got a ton of movement on it. can't for strikes that he's not doing himself any favors. Yeah, it's really difficult. Eric, what do you think of Tyler Chatwood? I questioned the signing at first, and then I dug deeper into his numbers, and he was pretty good away from Coors Field. Yep. I mean, he's a five. He's a five, so so he'd serve his purpose. But I agree with Adam here. He's not gonna really be too effective in the long run if he if he cannot throw a strike. And yeah, and I'm sorry, but. The, uh, if he keeps just putting guys on and putting guys on, eventually, you know, Gar- Gar's only got two off him, but on like a 
like a warm summer day that two will turn into seven. Yeah, you can't really do that that often. You can't walk seven guys and expect to get out of it every time, especially when the weather gets warmer. Guys are going to be slugging more. It's just really frustrating because you look at his stuff. The movement is nasty. That curveball is filthy. That two-seamer when he gets it over the plate, I don't know how anyone can hit that because you notice that in his starts, no one's hitting him really hard. Like I said earlier, even the Pirates, not a lot was hit very hard. It was a lot of ground balls, bloopers that were falling in. Nothing was really crushed. Last night in his start, he didn't really do much to give up a lot of hard contact. He gave up the double off the wall to Matt Carpenter. But other than that, most of the damage was via the walk and not really hit hard. So that's what makes it really frustrating. So we'll see as time moves on. Hopefully it gets a little better. I don't think he'll ever be a great command pitcher, but you can hope that it's at least a little better. Moving on, Adam, I understand you have a new game for us to play. Yes, this is called Are You Out of Your Mind? Uh, We'll go back and forth. I've got five picked out. Make a statement, and then the other person will say you are out of your mind, or they'll agree with you. I love it. I love it. Why don't you uh, start us off? Okay, Tyler Chatwood should be moved to the bullpen. And keep in mind, it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with what I'm saying. I'm just throwing a statement out there. Uh, Eric, I'll let you give your opinion first. uh, The first one, I'm going to say, are you out of your mind? Only for the simple fact that he started his whole career, and he's and he's an established starter. And the fact that uh, they're paying him almost like twelve million, to, uh, they're paying him over twelve twelve million a year. That isn't really reliever uh, money. Now, if it's the playoffs, I can totally see Joe, you know, giving him that long relief spot in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I should have clarified. Uh, I meant to sort of imply that this could be at any point in the season because right now I would agree with you that Chatwood should not be moved out of the rotation. But as far as the money goes, I mean, Hayward's getting paid $20 million a year, and he's not even starting every day. So the Cubs have proven that money isn't necessarily a huge factor in whether or not guys get the playing time they should. Yeah, you know, I mainly agree with what Eric said. It's it's kind of me saying, are you out of your mind, but it's not the craziest thing ever. I think he'll stay as a starter throughout the regular season. He would definitely be a valuable guy in the bullpen in a postseason scenario. And the other thing is, is that there's talks about six man rotations moving forward because of all these postponements. So I think that's just another reason why I think it's, well, he's got to stay in there. So that's a good question. All right. Here is mine. Here we go. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> boy, I got to think of something nuts. Brace yourselves. Oh boy. Okay. Um, All right, here we go. Kyle Hendricks is going to be the National League Cy Young when this is all said and done. 
Who's going, me or Eric? Uh, Eric, why don't you go hmm. ahead, buddy? Uh, you know, if only we, we haven't seen this uh, seen this before. You're out of your mind. Only because they, the awards in baseball are given to the flashy guys. Yes. Well, like the guys who strike out a lot or the guys who hit a lot of home runs or whatever and and just, you know, that sure 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 got it into into 2016 which is fine he he deserved it. But, you know, Hendricks led the league in ERA mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm pretty sure he, 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 he had a higher. He had, I'm pretty sure Hendricks had a lower hip than than Scherzer too. Let me check here quick. Hold on. Did you say lower hip? Is that or whip? Twenty twenty sixteen. His FIP was three point two. I don't know about Scherzer. Okay. Um. Okay. I feel like his whip Adam, was lower, but I could be wrong. Whip was zero point nine seven. Okay, so I, I've got to go with Alex on this, and he's not crazy, not crazy at all. Kyle Hendricks is the man. I am on that train. I picked it uh, in our Cubbies crib preseason predictions. I had Kyle Hendricks as my NL Cy Young winner too. I don't know if I really believed that at the time or if I was just trying to be bold. But, yeah, if he can get his mechanics figured out and get that fastball up just a couple ticks, get his command straightened out, he could easily be in the running for that thing. And here's what he needs to do. If he wants to get the respect that he deserves, he needs to grow a beard, a sweet beard. I do agree with that. Yeah, he's, what, 28 years old, but he looks like he's 19, maybe 18. He just needs a rugged look, and then people will fear him. Rugged Kyle Hendricks. That's interesting. I kind of like that. So so I have it up here. Uh, In in 2016, Hendricks had a a lower FIP and a lower BABIP than Scherzer did. And Scherzer was only ahead of him by, by one war and... And he still got it in a landslide, so not two on Hendricks' side. But yeah, people care about strikeouts more than anything. That's the that's the uh, the hot stat when it comes to pitchers. And had plenty of those. Yeah, strikeouts and home runs. Yeah, how the game is now. And you know, also, I think that a lot of people. This is just my thought that. A lot of analytical people that look at entire teams and look at Cy Young, even though it is an, an indiv- individual award, you notice that that Cubs team in 2016 had a historically good defense. So anything that was put in play by Kyle Hendricks was A, not hit hard, and B, caught or fielded in somehow. So what was going in play was just going for outs. I, I don't know. That's just my opinion that how some analytics people would look at it. Um, either way, Kyle Hendricks was amazing that year, and I hope he can have you know, another great year this year like he's had recently. Uh, Eric, do you have any other uh, 
things you would like to add to this game? Do you have a are we out of our mind or not? Uh, does it have to be Cubs related or not? Hell no. You make yeah. it anything. I suggested this in our Slack chat the other day. The Phillies are going to trade are going to trade Michael Franco. I don't think you're out of your mind on that one. I think Michael Franco is not progressing the way people thought he would, and I'm sort of on the thought process now that he's just not going to be the star people thought he was going to be. I think at best he's going to end up being kind of a league average guy, maybe not even that. Yeah, I remember you bringing that up. That was an interesting question because I was looking at his stats and everyone was just going on and on how this guy was going to be the future of the Phillies. I mean, last year, 230, 281, 409. That's not very good. He did hit 24 home runs. He hit 25 the year before, but he's got a career on base percentage of 300, a career average of 247. In 13 games this year, he's slashing 234, 283, 447. So I don't think you're really out of your mind either. Maybe a change of scenery will do him well, but I think it is fair to say that he is not developed like many people thought he would because he was a pretty hot commodity uh, his first few years. And he had a really good 2015. It was only 80 games, but 280, 343. Uh, 497 and at the age of 22 14 home runs small sample size but he looks pretty good then and then unfortunately there really hasn't been much there so yeah I don't think you're really out of your mind luckily they have some other uh, key guys that they're bringing up so it's not like he's their only young asset Um, so we have 10 minutes left why don't we squeeze in one more Adam you get the honors of asking the last one Every MLB stadium really should have a retractable roof. Every team should? Yes. Oh. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts? You know, I can't I can't say I I disagree. I read something a couple days ago that uh, uh the Twins actually asked for a, a retractable on Target Field, and they did. The city said, and the city said that they don't want to pay, pay for it. So, and you know, with Manfred being all like gung ho about about you know, you gotta play the games, you have to play the games, and I don't think it's a horrible idea. Alex, yeah, I mean, what do you think that's? That's a tough one because you know what? The way this weather it's, has been going. It's not tough. What do you mean it's not tough? You, you think they should do it then? You think that they should absolutely do it? Or are you the opposite? No. No, that was a trick. I'm disappointed in you guys. And baseball should be played outside and only outside. If some games get canceled here and there, big whoop. Make them up. Yeah, but play this a is a crazy amount of games being canceled. It, this is this is an anomaly, though. Look, and I'm mad at Mother Nature, too. I did my part. I threw my plastic water bottle in the recycling bin. I did my part, but she oh, still slapped us in the face. And, yeah, she still slapped us in the face and got us a bunch of baseball games canceled. But, no, baseball should be played outside. 
the only time baseball should be played inside is if you're playing PlayStation. But people who think they need to be playing baseball indoors, those are the people wearing fanny packs everywhere in public. Hey, Adam. It isn't... It isn't... Well, not every game will be played played inside. It's just for, like, the April games. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to close the roof. If they were retractable roofs, you could have them open in the nice weather, but it's probably a nice thing to have when the weather's bad You and you could still play a game. Yeah, but, you know, retractable roofs can make an entire stadium look ugly. Like, Miller Park, that's that's ugly. Minute Maid Park, people seem to love Minute Maid Park. Minute Maid Park sucks. Minute Maid Park is ugly. Uh, the Rogers Center, Rogers Center doesn't have a retractable roof. It's just a dome all the time, but that's an ugly-looking place. Actually, too. it is retractable. It is, it, is, it is a retractable roof. Oh, yeah, roof. it is. It is, isn't it? Because they didn't ice, like, break their roof or something yes. a few days ago? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Regardless, it's a horrible-looking stadium. Just an abomination. Oh, Disgrace to the game. Then don't look up. Just look at the field. Just don't <laughs> oh, look up. okay. <laughs> do we have to, do we have time for for one for one more of these quickly? Yeah, yeah. Let it. Yes. The Rays are purposely trying to tank so they can move to Montreal. The Braves. Rays. Oh, the Rays. Yeah. No, I – maybe management would want to do that, but I don't think the players can That's ever really get in a mindset of intentionally losing. And even if the higher-ups tell them to, I don't think they would follow through and do it. But, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, about the management. As far as whether they should be leaving, yeah. Tampa Bay should not have a baseball team. Nobody goes to the games. Their uniforms are terrible. They're – Ballpark is terrible. There's no fans. Everything about that franchise is just in the toilet. I don't know if they should go to Montreal, though. I'm kind of, you know, Canada can do its own thing. They don't need to have another baseball team. Good grief. (laughs) Um, To answer your question, Eric, do I think they're tanking? Oh, yeah. Maybe not the players, but the franchise, they're tanking. Um, Are they wanting to move to Montreal? I'm not so sure about that. Do I think they should move to Montreal? Oh, yeah. They should absolutely move to Montreal. Because, look, that city wants a team. And the reason why they struggled, and it's been proven, is that they played in a horrible stadium in a horrible location. They were ready to build a new stadium there. The public was ready for it. I think if you move them back to Montreal, you'll see much better numbers than Tampa Bay. I know that's not saying much, but I think it would be good for baseball if they just got out of there in general, it's and it doesn't help oh, yeah. that Tropicana Field is in a terrible location. It's in St. Pete, so it's very far from a lot where a lot of people be going. But I mean, regardless, it's just get baseball out of there. Just just get 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 it out. So yeah, I'm get actually very very glad you asked that. Yeah, that was a good one. I agree. So. Five minutes left in the show. Before we get to hot takes with Adam, we're going to bring up one more little thing that I mentioned earlier about Chris Bryant. As you guys remember, yesterday was the three-year anniversary of his call-up. It's kind of hard to believe that it's been three years since Bryant was first called up. 
He was facing James Shields, the Padres that were supposed to contend that year, and then they just just fell. Um, but yeah, it was a memorable day, even though it wasn't a very memorable performance. Uh, Eric, let's start with you. What do you remember most about that day? Just the overarching hype of the day, like like. Like I woke up, I woke up that day. I had a smile on my face all day because, because, uh, because it's like ah, Chris Bryant's here. I can't wait to see him play. And then, and I do remember how he did strike out like three times, and I don't think he got his first hit until then the next day. I don't right. think. I'm, a bloop single in the center. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was the next day. Yeah. And it took a while for Adam, him to hit his first homer, too, didn't it? Yeah, he hit him in yeah, Milwaukee. He, he didn't hit his first homer until like, like a month later, I don't think. Yeah, he still wound up with 26, but I was really hyped that day, too. I was, I had the TV on an hour before the game. I was ready. But in the back of my mind, being a Cubs fan, I was bracing for failure and for him to not pan out because that just seems to be the way things go most of the time. But it, this is new times, though. This is the winning Cubs, and he's slashing 289, 391, 529 so far in his career. He's only four home runs away from career number 100, so that's a big deal. But, yeah, I'm glad that this one panned out. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, an understatement to say that he's been really good. Okay, so quickly, three minutes left. Adam, do I dare to give you the floor? Okay, so here's what I've got today. You should never, under any circumstances, put a tomato on your sub sandwich. Hot or cold, if you're putting tomatoes on a sub sandwich, you have effectively ruined them. Ditto. No way. Ditto. It's a cold no day. No tomatoes on my sandwiches. Wow. I can't. I was fully prepared for you to disagree with that. I'm Listen, I will load my sandwiches with everything but tomatoes. Pickles, lettuce, onions, peppers, jarnera, anything. Any condiment but tomatoes. Ooh, 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 ooh. No pet. I mean, a little lettuce is okay. Go light on the lettuce. No peppers, onions. Yeah, you could you can throw some onions on there, but but the way to really ruin any food is with olives. If you put olives on oh, anything, I no. I won't go within a hundred feet of it. No, Eric, what are your thoughts? Adam, Adam, yes, we yeah. agree on a food take wholeheartedly. Olives are disgusting. Yes. Never in oh olives. my god. You people I can't are monsters. Two in one day prepared for both of you to just vehemently disagree with that take and I'm honestly a little disappointed because I was ready to just let you have it I, I love olives but I can't stand tomatoes I do disagree with the tomato take like are you guys yeah. from America or oh yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm the biggest patriot here Tomatoes are okay by themselves. Put a little salt on a tomato, it's okay, but it's nothing to write home about. But don't put it on a sandwich, especially don't put it on a burger. Oh, my God, don't ruin a burger with a tomato. 
Yeah, that should be a full offense. What I do, uh, my mom and I in, in the summer will just like, like just cut up some tomatoes and douse them in salad dressing. It's so good. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't mind those, but I could do without it. Salad? You? Uh, I mean, I'll eat. If I'm with my family and they've prepared a salad for me, I'll kind of pretend like I'm eating it just so I don't look like a little boy at the table. But, you know, on my own, it, I'm never going to make a salad for myself. <laughs> well, I would talk about how much I love salad, but unfortunately we are out of time. Uh, Adam and Eric, I'd like to thank you guys for uh, being part of this show. It was a lot of fun tonight. It sure was. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure having you, Eric. And uh, Adam, I'm sure we will argue more next week about irrelevant stuff. So this has been the Cubby's Crib Podcast. We will see you next week. All right, boys, signing off. I'll talk to you later. Yep, see you later. Yeah, that was fun. See you.